I just believe that tonight that God wants to enlarge the borders of your expectations. I believe we have two small expectations of God. We put him in a box. We don't believe that he'll do the impossible. You know, we might believe he can do the impossible, but we don't believe he will. Like, at least that's what I struggle with. I believe, oh, God's capable, but he just doesn't like to do incredible things today. That's sometimes the thinking that I have. But I think tonight that God wants to enlarge the borders of our heart. And, and to jump into this, I just want to share the story of Chi Alpha and, and more specifically my story and Emily's story and how God brought us here. Because tonight what we're going to do is we're going to share uh, just a little bit of the vision of what God has for our group. So I'd like to go back uh, seven years, okay? So seven years ago, I came to you and I as an 18-year-old freshman student, and I had just recommitted my life to Jesus um, and walked away from a lifestyle of partying and just sin and, and not following Jesus. And I came here to you and I, and, and during the summer, right before I came, I connected with this pastor named Jonathan, and Jonathan had this dream to start a Chi Alpha on the campus. He had already been meeting with 10 students in the union in a small group Bible study. I'm pretty sure they had an acoustic guitar. So just picture a little worship service in the middle of the union. I'm not sure how that actually went, but uh, they uh, had that going the year before we came. But Jonathan said, hey, we have this dream to actually have a service on campus. And he heard that I played drums. So he said, hey, would you want to play drums on the worship team that I'm creating? And I said, that sounds incredible. And for me, being an 18-year-old freshman, I was thinking, wow, I'm going to play drums. It's probably going to be like a packed house. It's going to be so crowded. All the girls are going to see me playing the drums. I'm going to get a girlfriend. It's going to be amazing. And I showed up the first night. I invited like 10 people to service. Yeah, so there we go. So uh, I had black earrings. Don't mind that. But uh, I don't know what I was thinking. It was a really confusing time in my life. My hair was confusing. My, my earrings were confusing. My clothes were confusing. But anyways, uh, so I show up to this first service to play drums. And I invited like 10 people from uh, or people I had met during that first weekend. And there was only 18 people there. So I brought like half the people to the service. And I'm like, what is this thing? This is like a Bible study, but we have a band. And uh, so, uh, so one of the people there was my wife, Emily. And, and she came in about halfway through. She worked at the Rialto. And she had to work till like 8.30 or something. So she came halfway through, right in time for the greeting time. Like when we do the meet and greet. And I know all of you love that so much. And, and that's when I met Emily was during that uh, little meet and greet time. So... Six weeks, okay, great, great. So six weeks later, I went on this thing called Fall Retreat. My pastor dr drugged me to it, and I didn't know what it was. I thought we'd be just like, I don't even know what I thought we'd be doing, playing hopscotch or something, I don't know. But, but I go to this thing, and it's all about pursuing the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, some really cool things. And I received uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've been around our group, you know what that is. If you don't, we're going to teach on it more in the fall, so you have to come back in the fall. Uh, but it's this incredible experience. Uh, and God gave me this picture in my heart. I just had this picture of the campus of you and I being reached in just like massive numbers. I had a picture of the, the, or the former space we met in was the Communication Arts Center. And I got this picture that, that God was going to fill it up with students and we'd have to move out of there and go to a bigger space. And just felt that God was calling me to you and I in a sense and, and calling me into full-time ministry. But I didn't really know what that looks like. Like how do you prepare for ministry? And so we went to you and I for two more years, me and my wife, and after our sophomore year, we got uh, married, and, and we decided to transfer. So at the same time I was feeling called here, I felt like God wanted us to transfer uh, for at least for a time so I could pursue ministry training. So for two years, we were getting trained and, um, up in Minneapolis, and at the same time we left, our pastor also had transitioned out of the Chi Alpha role as the director, and for two years, from 2013 to 2015, they didn't have a director 
for Chi Alpha. So the group had grown to about 50 students. It was a really a pretty good chunk of students, but then it had kind of went back down once it was just being student-led for two years. So in 2015, we got a call, uh, 2014 actually, a call to, to come back in the fall of 2015 and to be the directors, to, to you know, step into full-time ministry and to lead this group. And you know, at the time, there's about 20 students still left in the group. And we just began to, to cast a bold vision that God wanted to, to do something amazing on our campus, that the same dreams that God had given Pastor Jonathan to reach every student. Uh, we believe that those you know, dreams were still intact, those prayers were still in heaven, and God wanted to do it. So we came back and we uh, you know, gathered these students together and we began to dream again that God wanted to do that. And then if you throw up the next picture, this is the picture. You can kind of see it's a little bit dark, but that was our very first service as the directors in 2015. And, and there was about 70 people there, and it was a really incredible night. And God has done something amazing over these past three years now. It's crazy to say. But, but over 200 students have come to faith in Jesus. We've been able to baptize 50 students in water. And our group has grown from that about 20 students that uh, were committed when we came to now there's about 80 students that I would say are committed to Chi Alpha. That's about our average on a weekly attendance. Um, so it's incredible to, to, or to think about what God's been doing. And just to compare that first fall launch, we had 70 people, which is always the biggest service. The first service people are checking out campus ministries. And then, the, and then if you go to the next picture here, there's actually 94 at the second fall launch, that was 2016. So you see my picture, my vision came true right there when it was completely full in that room. And we moved out of Lang, or moved out of Communication Arts Center, and then into Lang. And this year we had 118 people at our fall launch, if you show the next picture. So it's just, it's, yeah, let's give God a clap for that. I think he deserves praise for, for what he's done. Uh, I love how, how Jacob... I, I kind of want to call him Pastor Jacob, but Jacob, you know, set the vision for tonight, you know, uh, reflecting, because that's what we're going to do tonight is reflect and then dream for the future. But I believe that God just deserves so much praise because, you know, the story of Kyle here at the University of Northern Iowa is a story of just God flexing his muscles and doing amazing things. We've seen people who are so far from God, people that you would never dream would come to faith in Jesus, come to faith in Christ. We have seen amazing things happen. We've seen divine healings. We've seen uh, just God do incredible, incredible things. And, and tonight, maybe you're here and you haven't really been a part of Kyle for, for that long, or maybe you've been a part of it since the beginning. But, or, but tonight, I want to put a vision before you and just say this, that, that every single one of you, every single person in this room has unique gifts, talents, and a specific calling from God. And I believe that he wants you to be a part of this story at the University of Northern Iowa. If you're not a student, we have some parents with us tonight, including my parents. You're probably not going to be as much a part of the story here on campus, although you can be a part through prayer. But, but if you're a student, God is calling you to be a part of it. And here's the thing. I don't even care if you do it here at Chi Alpha. You can go to Salt Company, Basic, wherever you want to go. But the point is God wants you to be activated in your faith and, and to believe that he wants to give all 12,000 students on this campus an opportunity to respond to the gospel. I just believe that God wants you to be a part of that. And I believe that you have a unique role to play. And if you don't play your role, then that's just going to be a place that's empty on the field. That's going to be a spot that's not filled. So you need to jump in the game. And, and tonight I hope that, or that the vision that God has for this campus is compelling enough for you to, or to step out of the fear zone and, and, to, and to step into the faith zone and say that God wants to use me and I have something to offer on this campus and I'm going to be a part of that vision. I just pray that God would do that for you tonight because I just believe that, that if God does something incredible on this campus, which he's already doing, but if he does it in even greater numbers, we can transform not only this campus, but transform the world because we send students out every single year all across the world and God can transform the entire world through a move 
on the secular campus. I just believe that. So I want you to be a part of that. So uh, just to give you a little bit of a, uh, just a roadmap for where we're headed, we're going to talk about a few things tonight. So the first thing is we're going to talk about why we exist and how we plan to accomplish our mission. I think that's important to take a time to reflect and say, hey, why are we here? Why do we get together? Why do we worship God on Tuesday nights? Second thing we're going to do is celebrate what God's doing. I have more stuff to share with you that God's been doing. And the third thing is to look at God's word and see his heart for us for the future. So that's where we're headed. I hope I don't take too long. We'll see. I can be long-winded at times. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for tonight. God, I pray that you would give us such a bold vision that if you don't do anything, if you don't step in, then it can't happen. God, I pray that uh, the people in this room would just... And that you would enlarge the borders of our hearts. God, that you would give us dreams that seem impossible. And God, I pray that you'd help us to step out of our fear zone and step into the faith zone. God, I pray that you'd help us to believe that you are in the business of doing the impossible. And God, I pray tonight that each of us would join arms and commit ourselves to this vision. So God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So what I want to do first, like I said, is talk about why we exist. I'm going to ask this question. It's this. Why do we exists. You know, maybe you have been crazy and you went on our website. I know like four of you have done that, and uh, I know it's a popular place to go on the internet. But if you go there, you can look at our mission, all right? And this is our mission. Our mission is to give every UNI student an opportunity to encounter the love of God and to grow in relationship with Jesus and others, all right? It's pretty simple. That people would encounter God's love, and then they would grow, okay? So there's like two parts to that, if you couldn't tell. The first thing is encounter God. So first thing, or the first thing we want to happen is for people to meet Jesus. That's like our primary goal is to help people meet Jesus. And the second thing is growth. We want to see people grow in the context of community. We want to see something that the Bible refers to as discipleship happen in the context of community. And discipleship is just the process of becoming more like Jesus. So, or so we want people to, or to meet Jesus and then grow in relationship with him. And, and we don't want this just to happen during your time in college, but also we want you to go out from here and continue to follow Jesus. I think one of the, the, or the greatest measures of our success is if our alumni are following Jesus five years from now. That's really what our goal is. You know, we want to reach this campus, but our goal is bigger than this campus. Our goal is that students would become, well, you're already adults, but, you know, be an official adult, go out from here and uh, follow Jesus for a lifetime. That's, or that's the dream. So how do we do this? How do we do uh, or accomplish such a big vision. Well, uh, we believe that, that the way to do this really is to establish an expression of the kingdom of God on the campus. So by being a kingdom community, I think we can do that. People, or that's how God did it. He, or God reaches the world through communities that are committed to him and his kingdom. So a kingdom community that's committed to, to discipleship, community, mission, and worship and service. And, and those five things, if you got really crazy on our website, you kept scrolling after the mission and you saw our core values, all right? And those are our five core values. And I want to talk about those for a second. So these five core values, if we can get these operating in our community, then I think we'll reach the campus really effectively, okay? So first thing is discipleship. So maturing in faith, we talked about this, this process of becoming more like Jesus. So a few ways we do that. Uh, one way we do that is being a community that is centered on Christ, a second way is through preaching and teaching in such a way that it's centered on Jesus and it challenges us to be all that God has called us to be. And then the third thing, I think if we commit to, to prayer and worship and pursuing Jesus in his presence, if we do these things, if we commit ourselves to biblical teaching, being centered on Jesus in prayer and worship, we can be a community 
that practices discipleship. The second thing is community, okay? So the first value was or discipleship. The second thing is community. So what is community? Well, it's just this, you know, us being together. And, and not just any community, but a community of deep relationships. So really, I firmly believe, maybe you're a smarter leader, hopefully you're a smarter leader. If they haven't, uh, uh, they're not supposed to do that. But, if they, but hopefully they have come to you and said, hey, let's meet one-on-one for coffee, or let's hang out in the union. And maybe you're like, that's really strange. Why do they do that at Chi Alpha? Well, I think that doing one-on-ones, having one-on-one relationships is the building block of a healthy biblical community. If you don't have deep relationships with people within this community, then I think we're doing it wrong. So one way that Chi Alpha establishes deep communities through one-on-one relationships. Not just one-on-one, not just one-on-one relationships, but intentional one-on-one relationships. The second thing is having thriving, healthy small groups. So maybe you get invited to small group every week and you haven't went yet. It's not too late. It gets crazy at the end of the year. You should go. Uh, it's a fun time, okay? So healthy small groups can help us have this community and then also these group-wide events. So maybe you're like, why do they throw parties all the time? Well, it's because we like to party, one. And two, it's just fun to be together, right? It's fun to have everyone together hang out. If you're single, hey, show up in your best 90s gear and see what happens, all right? <laughs> and then the, and the, and the third core value is mission, all right? So this unified purpose of reaching pre-Christians. So I am unashamed in the fact that I'm committed to this group growing numerically every year. I want it to grow numerically. And we're going to talk about some numbers in a second. It's not because... It's about my ego. It's not because I want to build something huge so it looks amazing, but it's because every single time we grow, that represents one more person who's been impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Chi Alpha is deeply committed to growing. We want to expand our community. We want to continue making room for more people. We want to reach people who don't know Jesus yet. So we have a commitment to, or to inviting people to join us, to or to be a part, and specifically, we invite people to belong to this community before we expect them to become something. So first, people come, they belong to the community, and then they become the person that God has called them to be, all right? And then a fourth thing is worship, core value of worship. Guys, like, let's worship Jesus with everything we got every week. I want to be a community that, like, people come into this space, and they're like, I don't know what's going on in here, but I feel something, and it's pretty cool. The thick, tangible presence of God. I want this to be a place that goes after God's presence. I want you guys, challenge you here, to, to maybe go a little bit further this next year in worship. I'm going to talk about that more. That's one of our dreams for next year, but that God would expand your worship. That, that you wouldn't just go through the motions when you come and sing songs, but that you would stretch yourself, that you would give God the glory that he deserves. And I believe when there's a group of people who are passionately lifting up the name of Jesus, not only through song, but also through holy lifestyles, I believe when that happens, then people are going to want to be part of that. They're going to be drawn to that because people are drawn to people who are real and actually believe what they say. They believe and practice it, right? So God is calling us to be a community that's passionately committed to worship. And here's the fifth thing, the fifth value, all right? So I'm a nerd. I like core values and missions, so I had to do this. If, if you don't like it, it's going to get better, right? So here's the fifth value, service. So this commitment to serving and building up each other, this commitment just serving on Tuesday nights. You may ask, why do we have a connect team? Can't we all just connect with people? Well, I think a, or the connect team is a great thing to have because it gives people an opportunity to serve and use their gifts and be a part of something bigger than themselves. So Chi Alpha is committed to creating opportunities for people to serve. Um, and also, we want to continue to not just serve on Tuesday nights, but also to serve each other, to lay down our lives for, for one another. Jesus modeled what biblical community looks like when he washed his disciples' feet. And that's what God has called us to do as a 
communities to wash each other's feet. And I'm not saying you have to do that every night or something, but what I am saying is this commitment to put other people before yourself, all right? I think God's calling us to that. And then finally, a commitment to, or to be real. Because you serve someone well when you're real with them. Like when you don't put on your little religious fake thing, then you're serving them well because then you give them the courage to be real as well. Or so when we drop the mask, when we drop the facade and we're real with people and vulnerable, it gives other people the courage to be real as well, which is where freedom comes, right? So God has called us to serve each other. So this is how we hope to reach our campus for Jesus, through living out these five values in the context of community. So my prayer is that if you're not already committed to this, that tonight that you decide that for next year, if you're going to be back, I'm going to be committed to this mission. And my prayer, too, is that you would believe God for more. I just believe that God wants to do more, that God is not done yet here, that, that God wants to do the impossible. So take a second, look across this room, all right? Just kind of look around. Just do it for me, all right? This is a large auditorium, right? There's plenty of room in here. There's plenty of room. And each of these seats presents a potential person who could encounter God's love. Each of these empty seats represents an opportunity to tell, or to tell another student that Jesus loves them and has a plan for their life. Each of these empty seats represents an opportunity to tell someone that God is good and that he has not abandoned them. God wants us to be committed to, to bringing more people into this community. You know, my prayer is that, that God would empower us to fill every seat in this room. And that sounds scary. You know, I think about people being way up in the corner over there. It kind of freaks me out. But, but I believe that God wants to do that. Not because God cares about numbers. Not because God cares about us being able to say, hey, we have this many people. But because I think God cares about people. And the more people in here, the more people encountering God's love. So I'm believing for that. All right, so now I want to take a second. So we kind of talked about, like, why we exist. Now I want to take a second and do a state of the union for Chi Alpha. A state of the, here, let's do a state of the Chi Alpha, okay? I, I don't know. I'll try to be nice here. I'm not going to get feist or anything like some presidents do at times. Uh, I'll just, just go through here. The state of Chi Alpha. There's so many good things to say about Chi Alpha this year. So, so one thing that's really cool, and you might be surprised by this, but there's been 116 students who have responded to the gospel on a Tuesday night. You know, when you raise your hand for faith in Jesus, 116. Can we give God praise for that? Because that's amazing. 116 times people have responded to the gospel. And you're looking around right now, and you're like, there's 81 people in here. I know that because we count. But anyways, there's 81 people in here, and you're like, wait, why aren't there 116 at least here? Because that's how many people have been saved. Well, let me talk to you about that. One, sometimes people respond twice, and that's okay. We create that opportunity for people to recommit themselves to Jesus. But the bigger reason is sometimes people forget to thank the one who blessed them. All right, so in, in Luke chapter 17, we see this, this principle. So, or so what happened, so this idea of more people getting saved and people being involved in community, what happened in the scriptures, and in Luke chapter 17, Jesus heals 10 lepers, and only one comes back to thank him. It says this, it says, Then one of them, uh, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks, and now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed, and where are the nine? And was no one found to return and give God praise except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way, for your faith has made you well. So it's this idea that sometimes people get blessed. Like those 116 salvations are amazing, even if they're not all here tonight, because they were blessed. God did something in their heart, but sometimes they forget to come back and to thank the one who blessed them. So our prayer is that Kyle would get better at getting people to come back by uh, just letting people know that you love them, 
or something simple like remembering their name when they come back. Like those things help people to stick in community. So we don't want to just give people opportunities to respond to the gospel, but also we want people to stick to the community because we believe that God grows people through community. And there's also this other principle. So um, has anyone in here heard of the parable of the sower at all? Okay, I love this parable because it gives me a lot of encouragement at times. So Matthew 13 uh, Jesus talks about how uh, when we preach the gospel, it's like planting seeds, all right? So we're like planting seeds, boom, boom, just throwing seeds around. And, and there's different hearts that receive the planting of these seeds in different ways. So, so let's read it quick, and I'll break it down for you. That's what it says. He says, Hear then the parable of the sower, or, or when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. And this is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground... This is the one who hears the word and receives it with joy, and yet he has no root in, in himself, but endures for a while, and then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but then the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, and he indeed bears fruit and yields in one case, a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. So he talks about four different types of soil, in a sense, or four different uh, ways people can receive the gospel. So one is it falls along the path, which just means that someone hears the gospel, they don't respond to it. You know, Satan snatches it away, they don't respond to it. That happens all the time. People come that are new, we share the gospel, and they don't respond to it. Second thing is rocky ground. So someone might respond to it with joy. We might see them at the response table. We're pumped about it. They're pumped about it. But then trials come in their life, and they fall away. That happens all the time. They're, there's different trials that come, and people fall away. The third thing is the thorns, and this is someone who responds, but they fall away because of the cares of the world or riches. In other words, because of classes, right? People get too caught up in their classes. I tell you, that's an idol on this campus. You should do well in your school, but when it comes before God, that's when it's an issue, all right? If there's conviction here, we can talk at the response table afterwards. I'm um, just playing with you, but it's true, though, because of the cares of the world or riches, this can choke it. But then there's the good soil. And it's those who hear the word of God, they hear the gospel, they respond with joy, and they continue to grow. Oh, I love the good soil. That, like, that helps me sleep well at night. When someone responds to Jesus, and they begin to grow in their faith, and you begin to see sin lose its grip on someone's life, that's why we do it. I'm looking at so many of you right now, like, like whether it's this year, or last year, or the year before, you came to Chi Alpha, you didn't know Jesus, and you received the word of God uh, like someone with good soil, and you've been growing. And that's what it's all about. That's why we do what we do. All right, so I want to share some more numbers, two more, and then we're going to stop with the numbers. But baptisms, we had the privilege to baptize 18 students in water this year. Can we give God praise for that? 18 students publicly declared their faith, and our attendance is up on average by 10 people per week from last year. So those are a few numbers, and it's really incredible, too. If you think about the attendance thing, now I don't like, get hung up on attendance too much because here's the reality. If it's cold outside, someone's like, uh-uh, I'm staying in my dorm. I'm just going to you know, listen online the next day. If that's you, you just like to listen online, hey, you should come hang out with us because I like to see your face, but, and I can't see who's listening. So, okay, whatever, come be with us. But, but there is something cool about that. So church growth, okay, if you're into church growth, which is probably like four of you in here, you know, statistics, okay, so uh, in the church growth world, typically... Uh, church attendance grows by the amount of leaders you have, okay? And last year, we had 19 small group leaders, all right? And at the end of last year, a lot of people uh, just moved on from small group leading. We had a lot of people leave, uh, you know, graduating, whatever. And we actually have less small group leaders this year. We have 15. 
And even though we have less smarter leaders, we have higher attendance. So that shows us something. It shows that Kyle as a whole has increased our capacity as leaders to hang on to people, right? Because we need leaders to disciple people. So each leader can disciple more people than we could last year. So even though we're only up by 10, which is still amazing, that shows that each leader's capacity is growing. And if we can continue this, continue this capacity that each leader has, then we're going to have just exponential growth in the fall because we have way more leaders coming through the pipeline and God's going to do something amazing. I'm going to share some specific goals at the end of this sermon and you might be scared by them, but I think God can do it because of how much we've increased our capacity. All right. So now, okay, we're going to be clapping a lot over the next few minutes. Are you ready for that? Okay. Are you ready? And we're going to just acknowledge a few. Okay, just clap now. Great. All right. So here's some things I want to share that has happened this year. All right. And this is thanks to certain people. So I'm going to give some of these people credit because people, you know, deserve honor, right? So, or so one thing that, that Chi Alpha has uh, put into place this year, and this took like a year of planning and dreaming and praying, but this idea of having this outreach team, okay, this, this group that goes and reaches out to the campus, whether that's through sharing faith, through praying with people, through even serving in the pregnancy center, uh, the alternative pregnancy center, something we did last week. So, uh, so I'm going to mention John. This picture isn't because of John. It's just showing us doing outreach. But John Griffin, Tommy Tash, and Chloe Mundy uh, were the three who really spearheaded this team. I've done nothing for it. So can we give them some, or just a clap and some honor for, for putting this together? Yeah, so... Yeah, you guys have done a great job. Thank you. Uh, it's just incredible Like when you guys just do stuff and I don't have to do anything. I, I love that so much. All right, so the second thing that I'm really excited about is God gave us this vision to have a, uh, just a leadership and discipleship class uh, where we meet for eight weeks for an hour a week uh, so we can train up new leaders and and train people to make disciples. So yeah, here's a picture from yesterday. They were all so happy to be there. Uh, but uh, so 33 people took this class. And honestly, when we first pitched this class, I'm like, who in the world is going to want to do this thing? Who's going to want to take another class at four o'clock in the afternoon? Like yesterday, I tell you, like four o'clock is not a good time for me. I was getting so tired. I was like seeing blurry stuff. I don't know what was going on, but four o'clock is not a good time for people. But you guys came, 33 people came. And we just got done with our last class yesterday. So can we just give everyone a clap who uh, partook in that class? It's incredible because here's the deal. At Chi Alpha, we do not want to just draw a crowd. It's not what we want to do. We want to build up big people. God has called us to train people to be mature disciples of him. And this is one way we believe that God has empowered us to do that. So also this year, we actually moved our worship team to being student-led. So uh, Mackenzie levensky Levisier uh, led out in worship for a couple years, did an incredible job, but it was entirely staff-led for the most part. And this year, we were able to move it to being student-led. And uh, thank you also to, or to Matt McClellan and to Derek for being the directors of that. There's been a transition. We'll talk more about that next week. But they've done such a great job helping the students to really be empowered and to take the worship team where God's called us to take it. So can we just give a clap for the worship team? All right? Way to go. Way to go. Way to go. Way to go. All right, so now you get to see a picture of a bunch of us in a swimsuit, uh, in this, and not one swimsuit, but multiple swimsuits. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so this year, we took our first international mission trip. Last year, we went to the Dream Center in Atlanta, so a domestic trip, much cheaper, and we took nine people, which was amazing. We were so pumped about it. But this year, I felt like God was calling us to do, to do an international mission trip, and I'm like, nobody's going to come. This trip's going to cost like $2,000. But 22 people came on this trip and paid two grand to go. So let's give God a clap for that, that that many people went on an international mission trip. All right, something else that I don't think 
anybody knows besides like four of you, but, but God's really stirred my heart too with alumni. Like I didn't feel like we were connecting well enough with alumni. So this year we launched the Alumni Network, which is a way for alumni to stay connected to Chi Alpha, to pray for Chi Alpha, and to give to Chi Alpha. And for you seniors graduating, you're going to get put in the Facebook group here in the next couple of weeks. So that's really exciting for you. But uh, so I just think that's amazing. You don't need to clap for that one. That's something that I did. Don't clap for it. But, but the Alumni Network, okay, great. Thank you. Uh, so we're excited about that. Um, and now I just want to recognize um, uh, a couple. So, or, yeah, so this lad, I don't know when it was, but at some point, Jason and Samantha Gades actually agreed to move to Cedar Falls, Iowa from Minneapolis, all right? That's a pretty big move to make right there. They came to Cedar Falls to be a part of our staff team. So our staff team doubled from me to two of us. And uh, so I'm excited about that. Can we give them a clap as well for joining our team and, and for for counting the cost and coming here to Cedar Falls. All right, and the last thing, uh, something exciting, you may not know this, but God has enabled us to launch an internship program going into this next fall. So, so I firmly believe that God has called Kyle not just to raise up people to go into the marketplace, which is what most of you are going to do, but God has also called us to raise up ministers. And one way we can do that is our internship program. So this fall, we're going to have our first intern, and it's my brother. So there's that. We'll see how that goes. Well, let's give a, a God a clap for that. So that's an op- for those of you who feel called to ministry, that's an option. After your senior year, once you graduate, you can do an internship with us. And obviously, you have to get approved. You have to apply all that. But I'm super excited for that to get rolled down the pipe. All right. So now, okay, that's a lot of stuff. But I firmly believe that that the reason that God is doing these amazing things is, is because of our commitment, like I said, to not just build a big ministry, although I hope this ministry grows, as I've said, but to build big people, to, or to build strong followers of Jesus. You know, Jesus, I encourage you to read the Gospels and to pay attention to how he did ministry. You know, Jesus never turned away the crowds. He always welcomed a crowd. He was always going to minister to them and pray for them. But Jesus spent the majority of his time with 12 people, and specifically three people within that 12. And Jesus poured his life into them because he believed that the best way to reach the world was to build up people who the world wants to follow. So there's a quote from from Dr. Coleman here, Dr. Robert Coleman. It says this, Jesus was not interested in developing programs to reach the multitudes, but in developing individuals who the multitudes would follow. That's our heart at Chi Alpha, is to build people who others want to follow. And I think that's why God's been doing amazing things in our ministry. I just really believe that. So as I shared earlier uh, with some of these stats, we're reaching more people per leader than ever before because of this commitment. And we're beginning to see this or this dream come to pass. But here's the reality. I believe that God has way more. Like, we're just like barely, like, here's the surface, okay? Like, it goes all the way down here, like how deep it is and what God wants to do. And we're just like kind of scratching the surface. God wants to break through the surface and take us really deep this next year. I just believe that God has some amazing things in store. So tonight, I want to share a really short message, something really short. It's a devotional, really, called just more than you can dream, all right? And I want to, just as I said at the beginning of this message, just encourage you to allow God to enlarge the borders of your heart and to dream for more. So we're just going to look shortly here in Ephesians chapter 3, and we get this privilege in Ephesians 3 to read the Apostle Paul's heart for the church in Ephesus. And Paul spent three years with the church in Ephesus, three years, and, and many of them would have uh, referred to Paul as a spiritual father or as their pastor, and Paul hadn't been with them for quite some time, and he wrote this prayer for them. And I think in Paul's prayer, we can see God's heart for the future of our ministry. So here's what it says in verse 14. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, 
that according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to, or to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the, and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Okay, that's a lot. That's a lot right there. But, but Paul's prayer just reveals God's heart for us. Yes, God wants to see the multitudes come to know him, but he doesn't want to reach the multitudes while sacrificing an emphasis on spiritual maturity. God wants to strengthen us in power, as Paul says. He wants us to be rooted in love. He wants us to be filled with his fullness. He wants us to mature into all that he has for us and then build us up so much so then we can go and build up other people who then go build up other people. That's what God wants to do. So so the first point tonight out of two is this. God's heart for us is that each of us would grow into strong, mature sons and daughters. That's my dream for you. My dream is not that you would gather a crowd to come here, but my dream is that God would grow you into the mature woman that he's called you to be, into the mature daughter of God that he's called you to be, or if you're a guy, into the mature son that he's called you to be. That's my dream for you, that you would follow Jesus 50 years from now. My dream is not just to have something driven by hype on the campus that just lasts for three years, but instead my dream is that God would build up something that's lasting. And that's Paul's dream as well for the Ephesians. He says he, or he prays that they would be granted to, or to be strengthened with power. So Paul prays that they would be equipped with this power to be able to stand firm in Christ when opposition comes. I want you to be able to stand firm when opposition to your faith comes. Not that you'd be tossed around to and fro, but instead that you would stand on a solid ground and say, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what my circumstances are. That's the first thing that Paul prays for. And then Paul prays that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And that's not really that different from being strengthened in power, but there's an important piece here. Paul says, through faith. And it says in Hebrews 11 that uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I think that God wants us to be a people who have faith, who believe God for more, and not just being faith-filled and believing for great things, but also being faithful and sticking to our guns and following Jesus, even when our circumstances don't line up with what we believe, right? Even when things are tough, God wants us to be faithful. And then he says that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. So then Paul wants us to, or to be rooted in love and to comprehend God's amazing love. Like imagine the most loving person on earth. Imagine like love being filled in this room, just, or just a, this a massive amount of love. And, and Paul says that God's love is deeper and wider and further than, than what you could ever imagine. God's love for you, like, like I don't even think we've scratched the surface. He loves you so much. He is good. God is good. And he views you as someone who's highly favored. And, and Paul wants us to grasp this love. He wants us to dive into the depths of this love because he knows when we're rooted in the fact that God loves us even when we screw up, that God loves us even when we're flawed, even when we're not performing the way we want to religiously, that uh, when there's a people who, or who are grounded in that love, then they can be empowered to go and to reach out to their friends and show God's love to other people. So it says we love because Christ loved us. So this love flows through us to the campus. So God wants us to be grounded in this love and then to go and give this love to other people. And then finally, he says that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So this is the climax of the prayer. Paul prays that each of us would be filled with the fullness of God. If you're bored in your faith tonight, and we can be honest, some of us are bored. If you're bored, then you're not doing it right. 
Because we should never get bored. There's more and more and more to see of God. There's more and more to, or to have God revealed to us. There's more and more and more for God to do in our hearts. He wants us to be filled with all the fullness of God. Now imagine God. He's over the hundreds of billions of galaxies. Like that's a pretty big God, right? And he says, I want you to be filled with the fullness of that. So there's, there's so much more to go. There's so, there's so much more room to grow. So God wants us to, to be filled with his fullness. So this is our vision, that students would encounter God's love and that they would be strengthened to be mature sons and daughters. But I want to spend just two more, a couple more minutes on Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21. This is the end of the prayer. He says this. He says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So here's the second thing. God's heart for us is that each of us would believe him for far more than we ever thought possible. So notice that Paul's prayer does not stop with praying for their strengthening and for their spiritual maturity, but he concludes the prayer by pointing to how the strengthening of his spiritual children is possible. It's only possible because God can do far more than you ever ask or think. The fact that someone can go from being hostile to God you know, rebellious towards God, and then turn around and follow Jesus, that takes a God who can do far more abundantly than all you ask or think. Because you know you can't persuade someone. You can't argue someone into the kingdom of God. You, or none of us can change a heart. But God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. So Paul is saying that the way that this is possible, the way that people mature in their faith, is through the God who's able to do far more than all that we could ask or think. So I think when Paul says this, when he says all you could ask or think, you know, to your greatest imaginations, God can do more than that. I think when Paul says that, he's daring us to ask God to, or to do more in our lives, to, or to believe him for more, to, or to believe that God can do far more than our wildest dreams. I believe Paul is asking us to dream in that way. That God, that the God we serve can open blind eyes, that the God we serve can heal us of our diseases, that the God we serve can deliver you from depression and anxiety, that the God we serve can deliver you from addictions. I believe God wants to, to begin to enlarge our vision and, and empower us to dream that, that he is able to do that. But I think there's two reasons why uh, we often fail to believe for God to do this. The first thing is this. I think oftentimes we doubt that God will actually do it, so we don't ask him to do it. You know, Mark 11 says this, Truly I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into, or into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that, that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Guys, we need to have more faith, because we're not seeing mountains moved as much as we should. The second thing, or the second reason why I think we often don't see God do far more than whatever we could ask or imagine, is because we refuse to count the cost of revival. So what's revival? That's where God just does an amazing work in a specific community, and people's hearts begin to be opened to the gospel in, in large numbers. But, but to get that to happen, we have to, to, to count a cost. You know, in Mark chapter 9, Jesus says this, the disciples are trying to cast out a demon and the, and the disciples can't do it. And, and Jesus explains why in verse 28. He says, so his disciples asked him, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus says, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Some things can only happen when you decide to bite the bullet of giving extravagant time to prayer. I believe that if we want to see these dreams come to pass, as much as they're exciting and I want to get you excited for what God has, then we need to start praying. And we need to start asking God to do it. 
So tonight, as we look into the future, I think God is asking us to, to one, stop doubting, and two, start praying. I believe that God, or that that's what God wants for us. So if the band could come up, we're going to close here in a second. So as the band's coming up, I just want to give you a few, few really specific goals for this next year. I just want to encourage you to believe and to pray. So these are things you can pray for this summer. So, so I want to give you a few numericals because I do think that you know, numbers are important in some way. So last year, fall launch, we had 118 people come. I believe that God wants to bring 175 people here on August 23rd of 2018. I believe there will be, a, I believe it. I'm not just saying this. I believe that there's going to be 175 people in this room. I just believe it. Like, I feel like God's revealed that to me. Get ready. It's going to be like 173 because that's what God does to me. But there's going to be 170-something people in this room. I just believe that. So begin to pray for that. I believe we can handle it. I believe that, that God has enabled us uh, to raise up the leaders to handle that. And there's going to be 175 people here at Fall Launch. Second thing I'm believing for is that our average attendance could go up from 80, which is where it's at right now, to about 115 on Tuesday nights. I believe that's possible as well. And I have my reasons, but I can't unpack all of it right now. Uh, the third thing is I just believe that God wants to bring our average attendance in small group to about 10 per small group. I don't believe God wants any of our small groups to have only three people. I believe he wants to raise it up to 10. Fourth thing, I'm believing at the end of next year that God will empower us to raise up 20 new small group leaders. 20 new small group leaders. For reference, we have 14 new small group leaders this year, potentially. So I'm praying that God would empower us to bring 20 new small group leaders next year. Fifth thing is see... 200 students respond to the gospel. 200 students. We had 116. I think we can do 200. And the final thing is to baptize 30 students in water. And I'm not just like throwing numbers out there. Like I just really, really believe that God's going to do these things. So watch. Write these down and then hold me to it and say, all right, all right, God did that. All right, God did this. I'm just believing right now that this is our mountain. And I'm telling God I want this to be moved and I believe he's going to do this. I just really, really believe this. So those are some numericals. And here's some more like uh, just ministry goals. I believe God wants us to be more intentional in our outreach. I believe God wants us to start reaching out to your friends, to get out of our comfort zones and to get into the faith zone. Specifically, I, want, I believe God wants us to be more intentional with freshmen. Like freshmen, you've got about 48 hours to reach them when they get to campus. 48 hours where they're open to just about anything. doesn't matter what you invite them to, they'll go because they're looking for friends. And I believe that God wants Chi Alpha students, everyone in this room, to be intentional about going after those freshmen and plugging them into community. I believe that. The second thing, I believe that God wants us to continue developing healthy leaders in, in healthy small groups. The third thing is I want God to enable us to increase ways for people to serve at Chi Alpha. I don't think we have enough ways for people to serve at Chi Alpha, and I believe that this next year God's going to help us find more ways for people to serve. Fourth thing is I believe God wants us to raise the bar in worship. Guys, we have not even scratched the surface of worship. God can do far more than what we're doing right now. God wants to take us to deeper places in his presence. I just believe that. The fifth thing is to actually successfully launch our internship program. So we're saying we're going to launch it. I hope it actually goes well. So Derek, let's go, buddy. Don't quit on me. And, and I believe in, in 2019, 2020, just to put this before you, I believe that God wants to give us multiple interns for that year. And I just have just a random number. I think there's going to be three. Okay, three interns going into the next year. And finally, I believe that God wants to increase our alumni involvement. So I believe that God wants our alumni to be more connected, to be praying more, and to be giving more to Chi Alpha. So with all this said, so there's a lot of dreams. I'll post them online so you have them. But, but the main idea tonight is this. In 2018, 2019, God is going to enable us to continue raising up mature sons and daughters. And as we do that, we will see God do far more than we could ever dream on.